Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. I've talked about this before, and you've definitely seen this on my Instagram, but March is the month of travel for me. I am going to Palm Beach, Miami for a bachelorette party, and then Brazil for like almost two weeks for a wedding, and I'm really stressed about what to pack. You guys know I don't love shopping. I mean, maybe I don't like make that totally clear because a lot of times I do show the clothes that I buy, but I just get overwhelmed by it. And that is why I freaking love Rent the Runway. It allows me to have an unlimited membership of basically access to the best closet ever. So it's not only like I'm able to borrow from my friends, but I'm able to borrow from every designer possible. Um, If you guys are interested in trying Rent the Runway and doing their unlimited membership, code RTRCameronR, that's R-T-R-C-A-M-E-R-O-N-R, gets you $100 off your first month of unlimited. And that was extremely hard for me to say because there were way too many R's in that sentence for someone with a speech impediment. But I hope you guys check it out and use it for either your wedding season, vacations, everyday life, they have fitness. Honestly, it can give you clothing for everything. So go check out Rent the Runway and here is today's episode. Hey guys, happy Friday. It's me, Cameron. I'm here at Samsung 837 with another Samsung ambassador, which yes. is so nice. Hannah Bronfman, welcome. Thank you. I'm so she, excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. I was just saying, like, how do I even introduce you? Because you have so many different hats that you wear. So mm-hmm. we're going to go with DJ, founder of HB Fit, and author of Do What Feels Good. Love that. Okay, yeah. We'll get into all of these different things as the episode goes on, because it's one of my questions for you of like, how do you even begin to manage your life? Um, but yeah, <laughs> you're totally. like, I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kick things off, how would you define success? Um, I would define success as like being like honestly, truly being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we get hung up so much on monetary success and, uh, promotions and titles and, and are as if our, you know, our work defines us. Um, but I think truly being successful is being fulfilled by your life, whether that means Mm -hmm. your family, your friends, your, you know, your loved ones, your hobbies. I think it's, it's more what makes you a well-rounded person altogether than just the things that you report home about. Definitely. Um, Which is a vague kind of. No, but uh, most responses are vague because, and I totally agree with the vague definitions of success because I think if we tie success to such a tangible asset then we're just so focused on getting there and we're not enjoying the journey totally and it's not that you know I don't love to be set up for success in my everyday life and like crushing goals like Mm -hmm. I love that um and I don't lose sight of like the journey that it takes for me to get to those specific spots but those spots aren't what like makes me fulfilled on a, right. on a larger scale. Are you a goal oriented person? I am. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. Are you more of like a daily goal or weekly or like all types of goals? Um, 
sort of all types. I kind of like have um, a couple of buckets that I look at, like whether it's a monthly thing Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I know I want to accomplish X, Y, and Z this month. Um, And I schedule everything. Like I'm a crazy like calendar person. So (laughs) I'll schedule time and put aside um, some time to get those things done. But then also on like a weekly basis, I have things that I want to be doing, you know, whether that's two nights in, you Mm -hmm. know, and saying no to commitments at night so that I can like really decompress because it just otherwise adds up. It adds up. Right. So like it's it's, it's different, like daily, weekly, monthly. I love me a goal. With your calendar and you're kind of getting into a topic that I'm really interested in, I can only imagine from watching you like, I'm amazed by how much you're doing at all times. Like, it really blows my mind. <laughs> how the hell do you stay on top of everything? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, like, it's funny because I, like, watch you and I watch your stories. And it seems like I'm, like, really, like, in your life, your day-to-day, like, and I'm really along for the ride. And I feel like I'm so bad at posting in real time but that's because you have so much going on it's probably impossible I I wish I had like three (laughs) more arms because if I had three more arms I would be able to do like all the things that I think in my head I'm able Mm -hmm. to do at once yep um so I don't know if anyone out there is working on bio like hacking to grow an arm but I'm like down for that um no but seriously I guess you know I'm like constantly doing the most for Mm -hmm. sure um, and the re- like how I'm able to stay on top of everything is honestly having an amazing, amazing sidekick, like my mm-hmm. number two. I don't I can't even call her my assistant because she does so much more than that. Yeah. Um, she's also like running content for my personal brand and for HB Fit. She's like just like keeps me fully accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my calendar being constantly up to date. So right. whether that means like I'm scheduling in a workout or my all of my meetings or even like my free time, my downtime, like mm-hmm. whatever it is, like I just everything's in my calendar and I have notes in all of my things, whether it's, you know, a posting schedule, um, whether I'm traveling and have, a, you know, posting things for brands while I'm like out of town right everything like yeah like there are notes in my calendar so I'm constantly aware of like having all the right tags and all Mm -hmm. the things because you know it's too much otherwise it's a lot it can it can yeah and how do you because I feel this way sometimes with I mean on a much smaller scale it's very easy for this type of business to take up nights and to be all day and when you're your own boss I always say yeah it's great to be your own boss but the boss is always watching yeah and for someone you seem to be very similar to me where I'm a go 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 and I could just continuously do things all day long and tackle a to-do list yeah it's hard for me to quote-unquote shut down and actually spend time with my husband yeah so how and Brendan seems to be just as busy as you are yes so how do you guys manage that so um I feel like Brendan and I have gotten to a a really good place where 
Well, we used to be on a shared calendar, which is now a little difficult considering I've fully moved over to Google Mm -hmm. and he's still on Mac. So we're not on a shared calendar anymore, but shared calendars really are amazing because I then know the nights that he's working. I know the nights that I'm working and then I know the free nights we have. Um, So we definitely make dates a priority. Mm-hmm. We definitely have nights in that we make priorities. And when we're together, whether we're out at a dinner or we're just at home, like we really do try to be off our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because there's so much that we share on social. Of course. But there's also so much we don't share. I think people always forget about that. I think people fully forget about that. Yes. You know, people are like, oh, my God, I was with you all day. I saw all those things. But, like, in reality, you saw two minutes out of my mm-hmm. out of my 24-hour day, yep. you know. And I think um, it's just – it's just – I'm very much about – I think the whole idea about, like, work-life balance is kind of convoluted. But I am someone who's very um, cognizant and um, – you know, I know that like I, if I'm going, 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 I am like going to be burnt out. Of course. So I have to make sure that some of the nights I have are for myself. And like, mm-hmm. whether that means Brendan's out and I'm home and I've got the house to myself. Which is so nice sometimes. I mean, it's really <laughs> lovely, really lovely. Um, Or, you know, Brendan and I are going out for a date. Like those are mm-hmm. the things that like really kind of ground me um, and don't, like allow and like allow me to kind of shut off. You know, of there's I, I like sometimes I I also have a problem where I'm like I hoard content. So <laughs> like I take so much content and then I honestly just forget to post anything on Instagram or 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 stories mm-hmm. for a couple days and then my team's like, um, hello, like you've so many things to post. Like, what are you up to? And I'm like, oh, I just I was just going about like my day, you know. That's think, honestly the hard part. Yeah. Of being present, but also Part of your business is showing your audience what you're doing yeah. and, you know, certain pieces of content you have to post because yeah. you're maybe under contract. It, it's such an interesting line to walk of wanting to be in the moment, but also providing that entertainment, I guess you can call it, totally. for the people that are following you. Totally. How did you get into all of this? And I also want to learn, like, so back to DJing, all of this. Yeah. So, um well, I started DJing in college. Okay. Um, I went to a really small liberal arts school called Bard mm-hmm. in upstate New York. And there was like one bar and we were all kind of just like sick of like the townie moments. And we yep. were like, okay, <laughs> how can we like make this fun, blah, blah, blah. And so my friend and I literally just started DJing on a Thursday night. We made the bar so much money that they were like, you're coming back every Thursday. And mm-hmm. that was kind of like how we got started, me and my friend Henry. And then I came home for the summer. I'm from from New York. So I came home for a summer um, and literally started knocking down everyone's um, nightclub door mm-hmm. and saying that I was a DJ and that I, if they could hire me, blah, blah. Finally, my friends hired me once a DJ canceled same day at the Jane. And oh, I mean, this was like the Jane's heyday. 2000. I used we're talking to love like, the Jane. Oh, yeah. We're talking like 2008, like mm-hmm. killing it. Um, so I started DJing at the Jane. It was, I had a great set my first night. They asked me back. I was so grateful for that DJ who canceled. Like, I can't even tell you. I'm sure. And did you teach yourself how to DJ? I did. Yeah. My friend Henry and I just kind of taught ourselves how to DJ. Um, I didn't necessarily, we didn't, we, all we had was a mixer. I didn't even have like CDJs Mm -hmm. at that time. 
Um, and so I actually asked one of the owners of the Jane if he could give me a like a 30-minute tutorial 20 minutes like before my <laughs> like, can set. Can you teach me how to use the yeah. specific equipment? Yeah. And so he was like, and honestly, it's like pretty straightforward. Yeah. So um whatever. So I and you know, as I started DJing more and more, I got better at my craft. And then I DJed nightclubs for about two to three years and I really like hit the burnout hard. I was I completely oh, completely exhausted DJing like four to five nights a week, you know, up until four in the morning every night, like hardly eating because you're sleeping all day. Yeah. Like just a vicious cycle. My sister's husband is a DJ on the side. Oh, really? And it, like I'm just mind blown. He'll, he'll come home at 430. Yeah. I know. And it's, 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 I'm an early night person. So for me, it would never work. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real lifestyle that's completely unsustainable. Yeah. Um, so I basically woke up one day and was like, this something needs to change. Like, I don't know. I can't keep going like this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm totally burnt out. I'm exhausted. My skin is terrible. Um, my like insides feel like they're rotting. Like, I don't even know what's happening. Like I've lost myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, but it was again, it was like, you know, now we're in like 2010 and it's the height of the economic decline. I've now graduated with a BA in fine art and a <laughs> DJ skill. So I'm like, okay, well, guess I got to keep going with like the only thing I know how to do right yeah. now. And I, I made a transition from DJing nightclubs to DJing corporate events, which is and probably that, huge. It was huge. I mean, that in itself led me to the road I'm on now because now all of a sudden I'm DJing for like executives between like six and 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. My hours are great. The pay is great. I was going to say they're and, definitely probably paying more. Yeah, and I get to go to sleep at a normal hour and reclaim my like healthy living mm -hmm. lifestyle. So I started making that transition um, and that was around the same time that Instagram came out. So I started just kind of like showcasing. I guess Instagram came out in like 2000 and I got Instagram at the end of 2011. So right, mid-2010, I've now started on my wellness journey. I'm DJing corporate events. And then Instagram comes out and I just start showcasing like mm -hmm. my lifestyle. And at the same time or a little bit after that, I started my first company, which was an app that built sorry, an app that booked last minute beauty appointments through a curated list of salon and spas. And it was called Beautified. And the reason why I thought about it is because since I was DJing so many like, like high, like, I don't You're know. You're seeing all these people. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like these kind of like intense, like, you know, corporate events, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was taking better care of like my look and like I was getting blowouts and all yeah. these things. And I grew and up in the city. before Glam Squad, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Before right. we were the first on-demand beauty app um, really? that came to market. Yeah. And I just kind of figured like, I know where to go in New York to get my blowouts, but I don't want to call around to mm -hmm. find who has the last minute open appointment. And there was nothing like this. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to start this company. This will be so cool. I'm obsessed with the beauty industry. It'll be a really cool way of of getting my foot in the door. I love technology. Like there's nothing on demand like mm -hmm. this. Um, and so we raised money. We like found, I had, we got a CTO. We got, I have my co-founders. Like it was a whole thing. We were off to the races. Um, and then we ended up having a falling out with one of our co-founders a year and a half later. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had gone through. Gone through. It was like a full divorce. Mm -hmm. um, most intense breakup I've ever had. And 
that's when I also like as that was like kind of crumbling, that's when I realized I had this fully engaged community on my phone that was checking in, wanted to know all the things about health, beauty and fitness. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start. I had been using this hashtag called HBFit mm-hmm. on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a dot com and put all of my energy that I've been wasting on like fighting this like dumb fight right. of like the demise of this company. And I'm going to put all that energy into this new thing over here. And five years later, I mean, now HP Fit's working on product and it's incredible. How yeah. Much it's yeah. It's crazy. And you know, it's just, it, it just solidified that my, my path and my journey were like, I was going down the right mm-hmm. way when I thought I felt so confused after like the company was falling apart. I was like, who am I without this company? Like I'm a failed entrepreneur, like all mm-hmm. of these things. And um, once I got out of my head about it and really pivoted and and changed my perspective, I was able to like flourish and just go down a whole new road and get excited about all new things and, mm-hmm. you know, build this community that was just so like hyper aware and like obsessed as well. So it was like, it was a real turning, like turning point for me after Beautified ended. Um, and look how great it's been since then. Yeah. I honestly, it's been so interesting with every interview, no matter what industry the person's in or what we're talking about. And I vividly have a reaction to the word pivot because I'm a big Friends fan and there's like the famous couch scene where yeah. they're screaming pivot. So whenever someone says it, it just sticks out to me because I laugh in my head. But every episode that I've recorded talks about the art of pivoting. Mm-hmm. And I know that is a book. I didn't just make that title up. But it's so interesting how if you're someone who's able to accept changes in the world that you can't control yeah. and look at it as, okay, this is my time to pivot and what's next and let's go tackle that, how much you can actually oh yeah succeed in. Totally. So you created HB Fit. It's obviously grown immensely. I know we touched this upon this in the beginning, but what something I struggle with is when people ask, oh, so what do you do for work? Mm-hmm. Because I used to have such an easy title to give of, oh, I do sales and trading at JP Morgan. And like that was either the end of the conversation or people were in the industry and wanted to talk. It's been something I really struggle with over the past two years, I guess now. And I'm curious because you wear so many hats. If someone were to ask you that, what would your response be? So I always tailor my response to, to who's the asking. to who's asking. Right. Um, I think it's sometimes a lot for people to wrap their head around mm-hmm. because I do kind of touch so many like buckets. But at the end of the day, you know, I think what I like to say is that I work in music. Mm-hmm. I'm. I also grew up in the music industry. Right. Um. So I I work in music. I work in media and I work in health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just like the easiest way of putting it. And I think if people really want to go deeper. They ask about a specific bucket. Yeah. Or like people are like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what do you do in music? It's like, oh, I actually am a DJ and I produce, I'm starting to produce my own music. Or people are like, oh, like you're in wellness. What do you do? I'm like, oh, well. You know, I run a site for millennial women all about mm-hmm. health, beauty, and fitness, and I actually wrote a book. And they're like, oh, my God, that's so – you know, I think it's just like you kind of just have to tailor it a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think I'm becoming more comfortable mm-hmm. in my multi-title because I just think 
were so past the idea of doing one thing and doing it well and doing it for the rest of your life. And I'm like really here for the fact that I've started down a road that didn't necessarily exist before I started doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to be said about being a pioneer and being like a multi-hyphenate because like you're, I mean, it's just like millennials, I feel like in general are so overly stimulated that we have to have yeah. multiple things going on, right? Yeah, like you're watching a TV show while you're scrolling through Instagram while you're listening to a podcast. Yeah. And I don't mean like me. I, yes. I mean, me personally, like, like this hasn't like this, tra- this trajectory of, mm-hmm. of, um, of a, of a job that didn't really exist n- until now, mm-hmm. but it's not just me. Like it's, it's so many people um, who are, who are creating their own futures and, this new kind of job for themselves right. as, you know, what, like whether it's influencer or, you know, social media mm-hmm. uh, prowess, like it's just like, you know, p- kids now, like the skill sets have expanded. It's so wild, the jobs that are going to be of our future. Yeah, it's wild. Like yeah. the fact that our grandparents or our parents don't like understand that there are full jobs of like social media director for big corporations, you know, like, so it's, it's really cool. I'm like fully here for it for like the multi-title, the, you know, paving your own way, figuring out your skill set and applying it to like, you know, the wild, wild west of media Mm -hmm. that I feel like we're all experiencing. I've been so interested in the fact, so I'm working on expanding into like a mini team right now. Okay. And it's been so eye-opening to me on some of the people who I've been talking with who maybe are recent college graduates and they're like, yeah, well, I focused on social media marketing and just even the majors that are now available Mm -hmm. is mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And then I went back to speak at my middle school this past week to talk about what I'm doing right now and how I pivoted my career and what my career even entails. And the fact that there are these middle schoolers learning about influencer marketing basically was so, so eye opening to me. And I think one of the most exciting parts of this business is you never know what's around the corner. Right. It's definitely anxiety inducing at points. Sure. But it's also keeps us on our toes of what's next. Yeah. What's the new app? What's the new trend? All of that. Yeah. You know, TikTok right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm always curious from someone like you who has succeeded in so many different buckets. Are there any different trends you're seeing in the wellness industry or different not abilities that you're looking to like perfect, but maybe new areas that you're interested in? Um, I mean, yes, always. I yeah. feel like, um, you know, there's constantly so much going on in the world of of wellness. It's just kind of like how deep and woo-woo do you really right. want to get? Mm-hmm. Um, like I recently um, had a tarot reading mm-hmm. and – I found it to be extraordinarily eye-opening and I was chatting with the woman who did my reading and a few days after she's like, you know, it's the new moon. I want you to go buy this candle at this store and I want you to sit down. I want you to write your intentions. And so 
for the first time, I really sat down and I, I'm normally very good at manifesting and visualization. And I truly believe when you say things out loud, you're Same. putting like vibrations into the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a this was to a degree that I had never experienced before, like actually like sitting down and writing all the things that I wanted to release and all the things that I wanted to receive. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like that ritual and that like goal setting and that um, intention or rather intention setting right. was like on a n- different level than I had experienced before. So I kind of want to tap in a little bit to this like mysticism mm-hmm. um, of self and like really, I, I mean, I'm a very self-aware person um, and I can tell a lot about myself from like I can, I can pinpoint triggers. I, you know, I'm pretty like good about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I really kind of want to tap in more because it's like as someone who thinks that they're in tune Mm -hmm. and then to do something that was really eye-opening that I had never experienced before. What have I been missing? Yeah, it's like exactly what have I been missing? So I I really do want to tap into the mysticism a little bit. And I think um, that's a big trend I'm seeing also in wellness is like really trying to get back in tune with oneself. Yeah. Um, I think we're seeing a lot of digital detoxes in wellness. I think people are really trying to get away from their devices, but at the same time using their devices to help them feel more calm. Right. And I also think with that, it's, and I talk about this all the time on my stories, following people that are encouraging you and that are making you feel better about yourselves oh. and detoxing the people that you're following. 1,000%. Whether they're doing it on purpose, you know, I have people that I know if I look at their Instagram, I get down on myself. And that's something I need to work on myself. It's not the Instagram's fault. I, I always say but we have unfollow. We have unfollow and follow buttons. We have block buttons. We yep. have delete buttons. If there are comments that are making you feel uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. delete, report. If there are people whose content you're like, you know what, I actually, for the next two months, I don't think I need to see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. unfollow or mute. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I really do think that we need to start tailoring Mm -hmm. because I think, I think we all know that people become, we have like obsessive behaviors and sometimes we are known to self-sabotage ourselves and so we keep checking in on the things that actually are more toxic yeah it's like the hate follows yeah exactly exactly um so yeah so digital detoxing Mm -hmm. definitely purging your feed so that it's way more conducive to positive feelings um and affirmations and then uh, mysticism and then really i kind of um I'm like obsessed with breath work right now. I think it really has a huge profound effect on the body's nervous system. Mm -hmm. And I think for me as someone who's constantly traveling on the go, constantly like on, it's really important for me to unwind and get out of that fight or flight mode. And through breath work, I've really been able, it's kind of like my meditation Mm -hmm it's my breath work and it it really does i'm i it really does like lower my levels of stress definitely are you working individually with a coach on that or? so i i have a few um i ha- i have a guy who has taught me a few things i don't have an actual coach mm-hmm. but i just look up different ways of doing breath work mm-hmm. and sometimes i find one practice and i do it for 4 months right and it's like can be as simple as you know 10 breaths at night and in the morning 
And it's like you breathe in for five counts, you hold, hold at the top, yeah. you breathe out, mm-hmm. and then you hold at the bottom. I used to go to one specific yoga instructor and he would do a lot of kundalini breathing mm-hmm. and like kind of it wasn't chanting. It was a little like I brought a friend once and she's like, this is cultish. I'm like, some of it, yes, might feel that way. But the breath work, I think there's so much strength in breath work. So my mom's a chanter. Oh, really? Yeah. And my mom, my mom is also a Reiki master. I've been doing Reiki f- well, not I've been receiving Reiki okay. since 2001. Oh, wow. So I've been working with a family Reiki energy healer my entire life. And she's changed my life. I think, again, the energy is really, really Huge. important. So my mom's a Reiki master. I grew up with Does my she mom. Do it to you? Oh, yeah, all the time. I always wish um, my mom could. And I actually could for a little a little while. Mm-hmm. I think I could if I really tried to harness it again. Yeah. Um, actually, I got into a really bad accident. Right. Like five years ago. And the day that it happened, my mom came over and gave me Reiki for honestly three hours. And I swear that that's why I healed so well. There's no doubt in my mind. I have had many of sports injuries. Yeah. And there was a point when I was playing college lacrosse that if I I had a few bad injuries, like I punctured my eardrum at one point and my trainers were like, go home and see your healer because she was the only one that could actually fix me. Wow. And after my concussion from my accident, I had, I was on disability for two months and then I was still suffering from headaches and migraines every day for like a year. And she was the one that was finally able to like put an end to it. Yeah. So I fully believe in that type of work. I'm a big proponent of it. Yeah. It's amazing. So you grew up in around like, so I, I always say that I'm, I'm, feel privileged that I grew up in a house where my mom was open to those things. She definitely, I don't think, was practicing them as much as your mom sounds like she was, mm-hmm. but she was open to it. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to it. You know, it was there. It wasn't like this woo-woo stuff all of a sudden came about when I hit 25 and moved to New York. Yeah, yeah. But how do you think that your childhood has kind of carved a path for your right now success and work? It's funny because honestly, until you just said that, it's like I just had a flash of the fact that like I grew up with this like mom who would like tape crystals to her chakras and like go to acupuncture and do Mm -hmm. Reiki and she would meditate. And then I had this father who was very like business, business, business. And I think I honestly got the best of both of them Mm -hmm. because not only was I able to create a business in this world of wellness, but like I have an entrepreneurial itch. Like there are so many things that I want to continue to create and do while still exploring all of the healers and all of the nutritionists and all the practitioners and all like the workout stuff like that stuff just it it really like I'm so passionate about it and I think it's so interesting where we are now seven years later on my journey and seven years later of the wellness world blowing up blowing up it's still amazing to me how people are innovating and pushing things forward and new things or or Really, ancient things, things that, are coming yeah. back around. <laughs> if we all yeah, lived exactly. like our great grandparents. Oh, we'd be great. I mean, That's or what like we're Cleopatra. To. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so I'm. I. I just. I love the trends. I love watching how brands take these trends and make them consumer products. Mm-hmm. Like it just. It's all so exciting to me, and I love. Um, and I love like the business of it, and I. And I. It's. It, it's funny because my parents are 
you know, quite proud of me. And I'm my sure. my dad is always like, you would think that he'd like kind of be someone that doesn't necessarily like get it just because he's like a bit dorky, doesn't have social mm-hmm. media, he doesn't really understand. But like, he's also the first person to be like, he'll like write me and be like, hey, I thought about this. Like, maybe you should pitch this to Samsung or mm-hmm. Adidas. And I'm like, whoa, dad, like great idea, actually. It's so he's funny like, yeah, I, I thought yeah. you'd love that. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he's like, yep. he's like, he wants to be involved, but he also like wants to not be involved. Like he wants to like see me thrive, but he's like, you know, he's very like, he's just there when I need him. And, mm-hmm. and then like my mom's like telling me about, you know, some healer that I need to go check out. So I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, like it's, so I think my, my upbringing definitely very much prepared me mm-hmm. for this world without them even really realizing it. Yeah. And my dad is in the finance industry and you know, is definitely not like a social media guy, Mm -hmm. is very much like money, numbers, credit cards, that aspect of the world. And it's the same where he's, I mean, my mom is also my number one supporter, but he's so funny where he'll text me like, so saw you were doing that. Like he likes to tell me everything I did on my stories. Yeah. Make sure I know he's watching. Yeah. And then he'll like now start sending me these articles. He sent me one yesterday of like some woman's top picks of New York detox spots that was in like the financial times oh my god hilarious it's so funny now now that seeing your parents and when you and when you have that feature in the financial times one day he's gonna be like look at my daughter check it out he's gonna be showing all of his colleagues i know it is funny i actually get a lot of dms from people who were on his team at one point when he was at city for a while and i get a lot of dms because i recorded him on my podcast and when i released it a lot of people reached out and said you know i worked for your dad for five years and when you first started this during a town hall he kind of talked about it and we were all like what is he even bringing up instagram for oh my god he's a big bragger of that's so cute I love. That's so cute. Um, Another thing that I'm always curious about because it's something I'm constantly thinking of is boundaries with your audience. Yeah. Because I talked about this on my stories very actively yesterday, but we're in this industry where consumers expect all of the content to be free. And at the push of a follow button, all of a sudden this person is accessible to them. And I'm sure your DMs are like 20 times more intense than the ones I get. But it's a lot of, you know, you feel like all of a sudden you're this person's therapist or travel agent or stylist with Mm -hmm. the requests that we get. And I do feel like some part of us feels there's an obligation to respond because they're part of our community, which I 100% respect and appreciate everyone that's a part of my community. But I share a lot on my platform. And I think It's just the way I am. I'm a very public person and I don't really have shame or guilt over anything. But, you know, my husband's a much more private person. Mm -hmm. So I know that's going to be a journey that we're going to have to figure out as we grow as a couple. But where, how do you feel you've navigated that on setting boundaries while also letting them in? Um, That's a great question. I mean, I think for me, what I try to do, I mean, I'm a very proactive person. Person on social media. Like, I love to, if I like someone writes a cute comment on a photo of mine, I'll not only go to their page, I'll like their photos, maybe comment on one of their photos. Um, I try to go through my DMs. 
Well, now that the DM has like the primary in general, yeah, it's very helpful. It's it is really helpful, and I kind of sometimes even like in a random moment, and I just like go through my DMs and try and organize them a mm-hmm. little bit better. Um, and then once a week, or maybe two times a week, I'll try and go through all of those right. primary DMs um, because. Obviously, some of those things are business inquiries, but then Mm -hmm. a lot of those things are people responding to my stories or just like generally just having something to say. And And the people that are ultimately allowing you to do all of this because they're your of course so of course so I definitely try and go through and respond to everyone whether it's with a single emoji Mm -hmm. or like a full recommendation or whatever I mean I have definitely gotten some insane dms where like you like you said like the therapist like and I'm like you know this is not it's not my place to be giving you this advice Mm -hmm. um and I also have had like you know requests Sometimes I'll even like video like myself of response to yeah. some people because um, it's just like, you know, I, I like to I'm a people pleaser. Same. So I like to please my community. I mean, at the same mm-hmm. time, like if it weren't for them, like I don't exactly. even know where the heck I'd be. And so that's why I think drawing the line is hard. It, it is. I mean, I definitely feel like I try not to share things that I know are going to be um, like too and like not too intense, but it's like, you know, even like with the news of my miscarriage, for instance, yeah, I was like, going to bring that up. Yeah. So it's like, you know, obviously I knew I wanted to share that with my community. Mm-hmm. I just needed to figure out like how I wanted to share it because mm-hmm. there's still ways of which you can be the narrate like the narrator of your of your story right um and so I think that's just for me the biggest thing like knowing like okay I will share this eventually when I'm ready on my time and my terms Mm -hmm. um and so you know I don't think I even shared the news until a couple months later when I felt like I could emotionally be prepared to receive exactly. everyone's that's a big thing. well wishes or their stories or, you know, like their solidarity and all the things where mm-hmm. I don't think in, if I if I had shared that immediately upon it happening, I think it would have been I don't I think I was too fragile emotionally to like be prepared for the influx of commentary because mm-hmm. you're um, also going to get. A lot of similar stories. So and then many if similar you're a stories. You're which, taking on their emotional, not exactly. baggage, but their emotions. Yeah, and that's absolutely. really hard to digest. Uh, absolutely, and I and I and you know you have to be prepared also. Like when you wait a couple months and you might mm-hmm. be emotionally over something, and then you bring it up for the world yeah. to hash out. Then you're reliving it again, and of then course. you're going out, and people are coming up to you and whatever. And, and to be honest, I actually found it to be very. Um, a great conversation starter because Mm -hmm. so many people have like dealt with this in silence. So many. And so I was actually very grateful the way that I, I went about it, like, you know, taking the time for myself privately Mm -hmm. and then sharing publicly when I was ready. And then like to be able to talk about it openly without the waterworks was like really important to me. Um, Because I think at the same time, listen, I'm a very emotional person, but I also know, that there's a time and a place and I really want to like kind of break down these like stigmas of women mm-hmm. who are seen to be like out of control because they're crying. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at moments like where I want to cry, I'll cry and I'll share that. And at moments where I'm like, I can be strong and I can talk about something that was really hard mm-hmm. without crying because women have obviously such dynamic 
like emotions and yes. they're super people. Literally, women are super people. The fact that we create humans. No, it's outrageous. So I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I mean, the 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 boundaries, um, I just kind of keep everything. I try to think through things before mm-hmm. just like blindly posting. Yep. I'm, I try to be very thoughtful because I do know that these are sensitive topics. Yeah. That people are triggered. Um, that people have very strong emotions connected to their communities online. Mm-hmm. So I just try to be thoughtful with the content that I put out, regardless if it's, you know, talking about hard, hard topics or, you know, or if it's just about like fluff and, you know, whatever facial I'm getting that yeah. week. Like it's like, you know, and I try to like keep my content dynamic and um, not any. Like try, I really try to like mix it up and not it not be just one thing, mm-hmm. um, because I do like to explore a lot of things. I like to like keep it educational, but also fun and just like yeah, inspiring, yeah, and encouraging, yeah, of course. And you want to provide a space for people to come back to. Totally, and I think that's something I've been thinking about a lot of. Okay, what am I providing with this content? Yeah, I don't want to post just to post, right? Because I want someone to actively receive something, whether it's knowledge of where to go work out or an encouraging statement that's hopefully like confidence boosting. Right. And then I guess I just like, I really just don't engage with negative, um, like negativity on social. Yeah. I just like, if someone has something like mean to say, like I just block and I just Mm -hmm. keep it moving. I mean, it took me a while though to like build up like a pretty like thick skin and now that I have it, I'm just like, I don't even think twice. I don't even let their negativity like penetrate mm-hmm. like my outer force field. Yeah. Because also someone's always going to have something to say. Mm-hmm. And I think I've struggled with the negativity if it's directed towards something I'm insecure about. Right. That's obviously something that I then have a little bit harder of a time just right. like moving past because they've triggered something in me. Right. But it's something I'm actively working on and also the realization that I talk about this with my therapist all the time, whether it's my personal life or with Instagram community, like I can't fucking please everyone. Yeah, no. And I need to accept that. Yeah. And I can't be there for every single person in every possible way. Totally. I saw there's a girl I follow um, and she went on a rant the other day about how she was really upset that the way someone responded to her content and I just responded to her story and I was like you cannot be everything for everyone. Like yeah. your, your content was authentic to you. It was great. I personally really enjoyed this story. Like mm-hmm. don't stress about like the fact that you're even the giving person. The, this person un, like airtime yeah. is just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary stress on on yourself because yep. you just, everyone's got every, and by the way, there are people who just do this just to get a rise on people. Of course. Like these trolls, they, I mean, they blow my mind. Oh, yeah. Um, Trolls are real. So real. Yeah. And I mean, it's really inspiring that you're able to just move past that because I think that is really difficult for a lot of people. Yes. And unfortunately, there's a lot of hate in the world. Yeah. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. What (laughs) would you say your favorite characteristic is about yourself? My favorite characteristic about Mm -hmm. myself? Um, Honestly, I guess I would say – that I really I I I just I honestly like don't have a filter. I don't either, so don't worry. 
<laughs> and I, I love it. I think it. Can, I think it's like it's like kind of my favorite thing about myself. Just because mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter what scenario I'm in, I will tell you how I. Oops, I will okay. tell you how I feel. Yeah. And I will react in a way that is totally authentically me. Mm-hmm. And like. I joke. I'm like, I have a very expressive face. And sometimes I don't need to say anything for someone to know exactly how I'm feeling. Um, And it's just, I'm just like, I'm into that. I'm into speaking my truth. And I'm into like my no filter attitude. I I just like, at the end of the day, I lean into my like individuality. And Mm -hmm. I think um, for me, like, I don't know it, and like having no filter manifests itself in like having like a funny personality and yeah. like a sense of humor, and and being, it allows people to connect with you. Yeah, totally. Being witty and being mm-hmm. fast, like I like I like that. If I have to like overthink my like Such answers or my time. whole thing, like it's just yeah, like I don't want to overthink my life so much. Yep. I agree. I think it's definitely one of my favorite qualities about myself also. It definitely gets me into trouble sometimes. 1,000%. But, like, I am a little troublemaker. So but like, I think it's I, so yeah, fun. I love trouble. <laughs> me too. A good a good dose of trouble is always fun. Totally. And we kind of skimmed over your cookbook or your book. Uh-huh. Would you – do you call it a cookbook? Um, I say it's a book. Okay. Just because it's – I have it. I love it. Oh, thank but you. But it has both. That's it does. It has, a ton, it has a ton of recipes in there. Yeah. Um, it also has a lot of, like, DIY beauty. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of um, – it's got, I think, nine different bath recipes. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what I talk about in the book before the recipe section is, that, like, how to get rid of, like, toxicity in your life, mm-hmm. how to create positive routines for yourself so you're setting yourself up for success, um, and generally a little bit more about my personal background right. as to – why wellness because um, I think you know it can be a little bit difficult for people who are following me now who might not know mm-hmm. anything about why this road spoke to me yeah I didn't know any of so your like personally. dance history yeah. until that yeah exactly and like my grandmother suffered from anorexia yeah. and like all this stuff so um, I've grown up around kind of like body image and uh, like body shame um, mm-hmm. for a lot of my youth and so I like personally wanted to like break that cycle and really like be proud of the fact that I didn't mm-hmm. look like a certain way that was going to fit into a tutu and tights. Yeah. Um, and it was like, that's okay. I wanted to go into sports. Like I did, I just mm-hmm. never really wanted to be in a box. Um, and so, yeah. So the book was like a, kind of a, like an amazing therapeutic moment sure. and allowed me to like, kind of also share all the knowledge that I've the last like, 10 years, I've really devoted myself to educating myself on all the different things that I can be doing to Mm -hmm. optimize my health. And so this book is kind of taking the best stuff that I've learned over the last decade from all of like my wellness experts and gurus that like the things I do daily that have like changed my life. Um, And so it was, and it's not necessarily, I'm not necessarily sharing that stuff on Instagram. Like, you know, on Instagram, I post things that are like, fun to watch not necessarily like the fact that like I don't drink water and eat food at the same time and people are like wait I remember what reading that and be like what I know yeah that's a shot people get so confused and shocked by that one but it's like something I didn't even think about I don't even think about talking about on social media because it's like it's your I, everyday it's my everyday and I've been doing it for eight years mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's just I guess kind I of don't like actually either if I think about it but just naturally I've never thought of 
I just don't like drinking, but I would drink alcohol. Yes, I would drink alcohol, but that's usually just at one meal a day. Yes. So I feel like I've optimized my digestion all day and then that mm-hmm. one meal. Yeah, but I'm not really a big, I drink water all throughout the day, but when I sit down to eat, like I never have a glass. Right, neither do me, I. Which is yeah. just, I don't know why. Yeah, well, I'm sure your digestion's great. Uh, it's actually really good now, but I went through like, Hell yeah. yeah, which is what led me to this. Yeah, and I went, also had leaky gut and did yeah. all, had all oh, the things. The list and, of awful uh, yeah, things. the sexiest oh thing you can God. have. The um, worst. Yeah, it's like constantly bloated, gassy, totally. Yeah, insane. Feeling like hell. Um. So yeah. So the book is really just like a download of all the things that I do on the daily mm-hmm. that have like really like set me up for a successful self. And I personally really appreciate the fact that you're not saying everyone has to do this. Everyone has to do that. It's the focus of do what makes you feel good, the which whole, is so important. The whole point of the book, I, I, and like everyone's like, oh, what's your biggest, like, what do you want people to take away from the book? And to be honest, what I want people to take away is understanding themselves a mm-hmm. little bit more. Yep. You know, like I try to challenge people in this book to really like tune in and get really honest with yourself because I think mm-hmm. we are, we, you know, we go every day. We Sometimes we don't even check in on what, what how we're feeling. We sub- suppress feelings. We're trying to be everything for everyone. We are, you know, trying to take care of our families or trying, you know, we're, and women are the caregivers, yep. you know, but we're also the breadwinners. So it's like, yeah. how do you- do everything. Exactly. So how do you manage and like, how do you really get real with yourself and check in? And so for, for me, it's really, I, I'd like to, I like to show people how I tune in so that they can learn how to tune in for themselves. Because I think ultimately, once you start listening to your body, you'll figure out what works best for you. Yep. And I, I'm not here for like the diet culture Neither. and selling you a fad way of eating. Yeah, exactly. Like wellness is, looks different for everyone. And I think People just need to start um, kind of like tuning out what media is telling Mm -hmm. us wellness is and really tuning in and figuring out what it looks like for yourself. Yeah, because even my journey over the past, just focusing on like a short period of four years, it's changed so much Mm -hmm. because I, I was also interested in the beginning aspect of your book with your grandmother and anorexia because I grew up and my mother had an eating disorder and It was way more when she was in college. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's something that lasts with you for your life. And so it was something that we discussed in our household. And it was never – I never felt suppressed to have to fit in a certain size or any of that. But it was just the fact that it was a discussion kind of shaped my sisters and I outlook where I was like, I don't want to go through that. Yeah. Like I actively do not want to have to deal with that. And I don't think – having an eating disorder is a decision someone makes or not. However, I put a lot of attention into not giving into certain things yeah. that encourage that behavior. And unfortunately, I did kind of slip into a little bit of the obsessive behavior after college because I'm an obsessive person. Yeah. And I became very goal-driven when it came to numbers of running and like what I was consuming came from a lot of like food fearedom from digestive issues. And I think over the past three years, I have done such a pivot to right now I quite honestly feel like the best I've ever felt and I may or may I mean I know I'm heavier than I was I don't know a number because I don't weigh myself but it's allowing myself that freedom and the comfort and ability to just be happy with myself and not obsessed over every single move yeah it's freed up so much fucking brain space yeah totally it's been so freeing Mm -hmm. and so I really enjoyed the beginning of the story of yours that you were sharing because I found it very relatable. 
Totally. And I think it's something that every woman goes through. Yeah. You know, whether, whether I don't care, you know, how old, where you live, what's going on. Like there's so much emotional connection with food and whether, mm-hmm. you know, we're binge eating or we're, you know, dep- like we're depressed and we're using food as, as, as yeah. a coping mechanism. You know, I think or we're, or we're just, you know, food fear and like mm-hmm. all there's so much. There's so much out there. And ultimately it all manifests into negative feelings of yep. yourself. Um, and so it really, it really like was that eye-opening experience for me when my grandmother passed away mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what? She's lived her entire life depressed and in, in, in fear in food fear mm-hmm. and anxious. And, um, she's really taken it her. She's taken it all out on herself and I know she would want me to live the happiest, healthiest version mm-hmm. of myself I, I could possibly do without also giving into those obsessive yeah. behaviors. Um, and that's really kind of what I set out to do. That was kind of my goal is to live mm-hmm. that way for her, for someone who I admired greatly, but also know suffered so much. Yes. Well, I'm sure she'd be very proud of you. I think she is. She tells me all the time in very strange ways. Yep. She like I, I believe in that. She, yeah, she like takes over my cell phone anytime mm-hmm. my cell phone doesn't work, which is at least like once a day. I know it's like her fucking with me because once I was told that she thinks I'm on my phone too much. Interesting. And that so and that she like she'll fuck with my shit, and yeah. it's like it's crazy. I've had so many new phones. I've gone from an iPhone to mm-hmm. a Samsung. I love my Samsung, but even my Samsung will have moments, and I'm like, okay. I get it. I hear you. you. Yeah. (laughs) We always talk about in our family chat with all my cousins and aunts of my grandpa sending us signals because he was like the patriarch of our family and Mm -hmm. we're all females. My mom's one of three girls. Then we have nine grandchildren, eight of which are females. Oh, wow. So we're very female. Oh, wow. Driven. Um, And we're constantly talking about signals he's sending us, whether it's through specific animals, rainbows, or this one song that we played at his funeral. His funeral was like a party. And I swear the song plays anytime like any of us need it, just like in a store. I love it's that. It's so wild. I love that. Um, going back to food quickly and mm-hmm. to rap, because I know, I mean, I love following all of your food journeys on Instagram, like all the food you're eating and all the incredible places you're traveling. But what would be the three ways to your heart through food? The three ways to my heart What just makes you the happiest person ever? And it can be very like general, like a food group, or it could be a very specific meal at a restaurant. It could be really anything you want. Ooh, that's so difficult. I know it's really hard. So, I I gotta say, the most insane food experience for me was going to Israel. I had the best food I've ever had in my life. I really want to go. And the passion that was put into every meal through the like through Israelis, like I'm mm-hmm. just I'm like in awe. I like felt like I could taste the love in this food. Yeah. So that was really an amazing experience. Um, and Israeli is Israeli food is a full food group in itself. So oh, I'll say love. like Israeli food in Israel mm-hmm. is definitely one way to my heart. Another way I think for me is I I love an alternative ingredient. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like you give me like a cricket ant, I like like a cricket cookie, or like what, or like salted ants from like Mexico City, or like 
cassava flour chips or like anything with like a weird alternative ingredient. Like I'm so into it. I don't that know what. Not like, what I would have ever expected you to say. Very strange. Like give me like a, you know, like a nut milk ice cream, like a vegan okay, ice that cream I can get or like less of like the ant cricket. Situation. I I like to be adventurous. <laughs> so like I kind yeah. of like like a little you've never had um No, I have. Okay. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't know if it would be like one of the top three ways. Well, I, I just mean like the alternative. The alternative Fair. ingredient. It was a weird thing to lead with. <laughs> sure. I'll take I'll give you that. That was a little uh, unexpected. But you like you know, I like to keep you in your No, I appreciate it. Um so then the third the no Yeah, exactly. Then the third way, um, I think I'd honestly have to say I I just I I love like a good like kind of like street food taco moment. Mm -hmm. Like I love Mexico and I love we we I had some of the best meals I've ever had in Mexico City and mm -hmm. um I just I love tacos. Do you go I to Los Mariscos or Los Tacos Numero Uno in Chelsea Market? Oh my god. The best tacos in New York. Really? What? Oh, I've never been. Los Tacos Numero Uno. It's in Chelsea Market. Okay. It's like the line is constantly like very, very deep, but it moves so fast. It's real good Mexican. Okay. You order. There are four options. You can get the cactus, carne asada. Okay. Wait, you're making me think that now my third Chicken, way, the third yeah. way isn't just Mexican, but what it is is spice. Okay, fair. So I love like spicy Mexican, but I also love spicy Thai. Love a good like spicy Thai curry. Love is, yeah. So I Fucking think love it. I think spice. Okay, for me is like the third That's way. Great. Yeah, I really love Thai curry. I I mean Thai is and I we I mean. I, Do you have a place in the city that you love? Because I'm I need one for Thai. Yeah. Um. There's a place called Bo Cape. Okay, I I'll think, look it up. And then there's, I mean, Lovely Day. Yeah. It's old school. Mm -hmm. um, but there's actually a Thai place in Chelsea Market that is amazing as well. Oh, really? I don't know what it's called, but I know where it is. Okay. I'll go look. Okay. Well, we'll go and get tacos. Okay, and yes. Thai. And there's Perfect. the Israeli. There's… um, Taim? No. There… Is it Mizno… Not Miznon. Oh, Miz… Yeah, Miznon. No, but I think that closed in Chelsea Market. There's a real… I went with Nofar. Oh, really? An Israeli place. I just went to Shushu last night, which was incredible. Very good. I've been there. So I really good. Also, 19 Cleveland is great. I haven't been there. Really good. And I usually am that question, but I had one more for you. I completely forgot about sushi, by the way. <laughs> Isn't this hard? It is really hard. Like, shit. I know. What did, did I even say? The first one was, what was the first one? Why can't oh, I? Oh, Israeli. Israeli in Israel. Okay, then al an alternative ingredient and, and then, then spice. spice. We can add your fourth for sushi. Oh, my God. Just all the Japanese food. Yeah. It's so hard because Japanese food and culture is so, so expansive. Mm -hmm. There's like 15 types of cuisine that they're known for, whether it's like uh, ramen, yeah. soba, sushi, izakaya, um, uh, what is it? Con Tonkatsu. I don't know. I Tonkatsu. Tonkatsu. There's like, I mean, it's just, it, it's crazy. There's so many mm -hmm. types of cuisines that that they specialize in and it's all phenomenal. I know. You would love. I know. I, I know. It's on my list. I used to be able to name like at least 10 and I'm really disappointed in myself that I only I got mean, six right there. I, I wouldn't have even gotten three. Well, when you go, you'll. My 
Well, that leads to my other question that mm-hmm. I have. Where is your favorite place that you've traveled? Could you ever pick one? Because you, I feel like, do my lifetime of traveling in one year. <laughs> you know, I have this saying. That my favorite place that I've traveled are the places that I haven't been yet. I like that. Because I love to travel so much mm-hmm. and I love to see the world. And there's so much of the world that so I've much. seen, but there's so much I haven't seen. Yeah. And as much as I love all the places I've been, I really just want to like keep knocking places off my list. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like when I'm in my 60s, like you can have a favorite. Yeah. So what's your one that you're looking forward to the most that's upcoming? Okay. Um, well, nothing that's upcoming that's like planned, okay. but places that I really, yeah. really want to go are, I really want to spend some time in South America. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Peru. I've never been to um, uh, Uruguay. I've never been to Colombia. Um Neither. Yeah, so I would really like to explore some places in South America. I would love to go to Patagonia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been. I've never been to the Philippines, which I think would be really awesome. Yeah. Um, there's also so many places in Europe. Like I would love to go to Hungary. I would love to go um, and explore Central Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I loved Africa. I'm dying. I mean, I've I've been to South Africa and I've been to, to North Africa, but I've never mm-hmm. been to Central Africa. I, I went to Botswana, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. Okay, and I'm really I'm really dying to do that. Um, I really want to go to India. Same. These are all amazing places. I know, I know. They're you'll I mean, get you'll you'll get them all. I I've, believe in I, you. I, yeah, I have no doubt. I've I believe in myself you should too. Frame your passports. I know, right? Honestly, you um, should. Yeah. So there's so many places I want to go. I'm very lucky to be able to travel as much as I I do, and I'm mm-hmm. so grateful to be able to see the world, especially with my husband. Um, but we both are just. There's so many more places. I know. There's so many places in the U.S. I want to go. Oh, yeah. And there, I, I mean, my husband's from me. Canada, and there's there so many places in Canada that I'm yeah. trying to go to. I know. I really want to go to Prince Edward Island and have, like, an oyster shucking weekend. Sounds glorious. I know. Sounds amazing. I've infiltrated the Canadian crew in New York. That oh, you I have? I kind of is, like, on the outskirts of – I know a few of them are friends with Brendan. Oh, cool. Um, so I yeah, want to spend can, more time in the Canada. Canada. The it's Canadian so contingency is so real it's in hilarious. New York. It's wild. It is so real. Yeah. I went to Canada and I was at a concert with one of my friends and I ran into like four Canadians that I knew. It was just wild. Yeah. It's like such a small world. Totally. Um, well, thank you so much for being on. This was so great. This was so fun. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you for sharing everything with us. I'm excited to continue to follow you. And for everyone listening, all of your information will be in the show notes. But the okay, best place cool. to follow you is on Instagram yeah. at Hannah Bronfman. Yeah, exactly. You can also follow along with at HBFit. Right. Um, But yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there, at Freckled Foodie.